0: You a jack of all trades? Maybe you should be a master of just one. Let's talk about it with Jordan Rayner on Steve Brown, etc.
1: He's he's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc.
0: Are so glad you're here. You always have a place at our table. I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Our favorite mega church pastor, Zach Van Dyke, is here. Zach isn't an Uber driver, but he does drive around the whole how many kids at last oh, count.
2: I was I didn't know where that was going. Um, at six?
0: Do you know what's causing this?
2: I mean, Valentine's just happened, so who knows? (laughs) Seven Seven might be coming.
3: You should get them to pay you a fare when you take care of them.
0: (laughs) Matthew Porter's with us. Matthew's wife and kids are getting over being sick. Mm. Probably not the coronavirus. Probably. Probably. You never know. We could all die before this program is over. You're all infected. And then our producer, Jinx, is working hard in the little glass booth.
3: Wait a minute. Did you say you had some corona? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm busy in here, man.
0: You know, if you... uh...
3: I I deserve extra applause. That's
1: it? That was all his introduction was? He's working in the little glass booth?
0: This is a team effort. Okay. This is a tag team. All right. Our video director and IT guy, John, have you tried turning it off and on again? Myers is in the tech bunker.
2: I do want to know why that works. Like, when my internet goes down, it seems silly that you just unplug it and plug it, like... That
0: just, I, yeah. I, anyway. I'm just thankful for the easy <laughs> solution. Why do you go to I mean, yeah. sleep at
3: night? So you can reboot.
0: Right. Oh. oh. And Dr. Oh. Ge- God, Good yeah. idea. That's Dr. George Bingham... That's assuming you take your boots off you it. Yeah, there you go to... <laughs> Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. George wants you to know Key Life accepts donations in the form of checks and credit cards and gold, us, uh, Bit.com... Commemorative plates, I think it's well, the in, Franklin in, Mint, in honor. and even from the entrepreneur Jordan Rayner, we ought to hit him up before this program. <laughs> well, broke. in
3: honor of the book, we could say that we also take Mastercard.
4: Uh, oh, I see what but, you oh, did there, yeah. 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 oh, Matthew.
2: Matthew, nice. you better watch out.
3: Joe yeah, I'm Joker serious. serious. In, the, in the wings, <laughs> and,
0: you Might not
2: have a job. And <laughs>
0: Kathy, Kathy Wide is, of course, the soft feminine side of the program. Every year, Kathy has a Valentine's Day tea party. And in an act of great generosity, she does not invite us. That's right.
1: <laughs> Although I did get a very nice invitation uh, via text on Saturday uh, in the middle of the party with all the mothers and the daughters from Mister and Dr. and Mrs. Brown saying, would you like to join – very last minute, would you like to join us for dinner? And we're going to a concert at a local church. And I said, thank you so much for the invitation, but I have three moms and six little girls here. Would you like to come by? And I got back, I think not. <laughs> and I said, no surprise there.
0: Hey, listen, Jordan Rainer is the author. Uh, he's, first of all, a Presbyterian missionary to Baptist. <laughs> he's an author, a serial entrepreneur, and executive chairman of Threshold 360. He's spoken at Harvard University, South by Southwest, and TED. Jordan has twice been selected as Google Fellow and served in the White House under President George Bush. Jordan's previous book, Called to Create, was a national bestseller, and his new book, which I hold in my nicotine-stained fingers, is Master of One. Find and focus on the work you were created to do. Jordan. Jordan. If I do that, well, I get rich like you. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: don't know about that, but I think for the Christian, that's not the point, Steve. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, as I talk about in the book, I think the purpose of work is the purpose of life, right? Which is to glorify God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And uh, I think that's why we should care about excellence. I think that's why we should always be searching for strategies to do our most exceptional work, because it's a means of glorifying God and loving others
0: part of our worship we uh, you have uh, lauded work and as you should biblically but we live in a culture where work is no longer a place of definition and excellence and and worship is we've gone down some bad roads haven't we
5: I think so. You know, I, I, I've had some people ask me, you know, why should Christians care about excellence in our work? And you have got to go back. And-
0: oh, man. <laughs> talking about excellence. My bad. Oops. No, we, one year we lost bad. him. It it we the batteries. It oh, was we're God. Getting, back. we're okay. getting back. God was upset with us talking about excellence. Mm. <laughs> and because God loved us, he put a glitch, a demon, if mm. you will, you don't in think the wiring of this program,
1: you, you don't think God thought we were bragging about being excellent. Do you? I
0: don't, I don't know that we've ever man. done that. No, I, really? I don't no, think so no, either, but no, that, has, gosh. that hasn't been, he's going uh,
1: after the wrong part. radio show. <laughs> well, Zach, I think it's your fault. You said before I, you even got here, everything went I, wrong I, today. I've,
2: three things have gone wrong already today. And and, and now this, this is four. The four so yeah, okay. yeah. I I'm, I'm,
4: thought it was but, us.
2: But this also could be mm. Matthew masterminded this because we're having to reboot the there show you go. and there you go. and the reboot was in the promo, I mean, the in the intro, did it's you... It's all coming We together. are dragging <laughs> that joke all the way out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all the way out.
0: Yes. But, did but you listen. do
1: that on purpose? Did yes. you have a yes. premonition or yeah, <laughs> something? Yeah,
0: it's, it's, I can't explain it. Oh my hey, goodness. folks, be patient. We have... We do... We're making
3: have, sure he still wants to talk to us. We <laughs> have excellent
0: people in the glass booth, and they're contacting him, yeah. and we will an reboot. We've way.
2: often wondered if guests want to hang up after our <laughs> intro, and uh, then just never do. Maybe this was his way of graciously getting out of the yeah, interview.
3: Starting a little panic. Like, I, I can't. He finally <laughs> had can't. to hear. do this. He had I, the gun. I'm going through a
2: tunnel. Can't right. hear y'all. Like, yeah. you can't. Sort of <laughs> like you do with your
3: headphones. <laughs> right, talking right, to somebody right, about right, having right. Timmy, you know, <laughs> right, sing in front of the church. Right, <laughs> right, right. right,
0: right. Oh. No, he wouldn't do that to us because he's a Christian.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we did have and
0: Christians. One, don't do things. We like did that.
1: have one guy one time that hung up on us. Oh
0: yeah. And we hung up on one too.
1: Yeah, that was true.
0: That was the worst interview we ever did at
1: least it, at least we don't have a you we know it. we don't have a track record old. it's we, only happened yeah, a couple times we didn't
0: hang up on him
2: we ended the first segment and steve just said well thank you for being <laughs> on the <your>
3: show <laughs> it was a smooth we transition had four segments i could still the hear flow. the intro music <laughs> <What's going
1: on? laughs> oh Jordan, well, please don't be like that yeah.
0: please we got just training for us the uh, next time back, Jordan. this happens <laughs> We'll we'll act like it was planned. Uh, That's and right. We will seem to be excellent in an excellent way, yes. and our guest then will praise us Uh-oh. as an example in his next book. There you of go, excellence. That <laughs> works for me. I would prefer not to be a cautionary tale. Given choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. really the choice, you don't always get the choice. Well, I sure well, will.
1: Well it coming in there, guys? What mm-hmm. do you I think? I think we're close.
3: Uh, you, John, how are we doing <laughs> back here?
1: You think maybe we might actually <laughs> I'm have oh, oh,
0: there okay. right. <laughs> Let me let me give you the question again. The question is this we live in a culture where work is not lauded. And even in the church, it's not held up as something that's good.
5: Yeah, you, that, that's a great point, Steve. I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of us in the church and in the broader world have forgotten uh, that work is worship. I think we view work as a meaningless means to an end. We go to work to collect a paycheck and move on to the truly meaningful things of life. But that is not at all the biblical picture of work. Uh, you know, I find it fascinating personally that the Bible is the only religious text that says that God himself worked. Every other religion says that the gods created human beings to work and serve the gods. Only Christianity says that God himself created and was productive and worked, and then he created us in his image and called us to fill the earth through our work. Uh, So work is not meaningless. It's one of the most meaningful things we do because when we do it, we have an opportunity to glorify God. And if that's true, I think we ought to have really high standards for excellence in our work, right? The opposite of mastery, I like to say in the book, The opposite of mastery is mediocrity, and mediocrity is a failure of love of our neighbor and a misrepresentation of our Father, whose image we are called to bear to the world.
0: So good. You know, you don't hear very much in Christian circles. You hear it from motivational speakers, but they don't have the gasoline. But we, <laughs> ought, exactly we ought to right. be able to do this. This ought to be the subject of sermons, shouldn't it? And teaching in seminaries and colleges that are Christian.
5: Well, I'm making it I'm making it my life's work uh, to help move that along, Steve. Hopefully you guys can help me. I'd just
2: like to say, when he said, you know, God put us in here and said, work and fill the earth,
0: I am doing my yeah, job. That's, that's all I, I just. <laughs> you get a gold star. <laughs> Zach, there are some limits to this.
5: <laughs> we're, we're called to create and procreate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Zach. He puts the Thank pro you in procreation.
0: procreation.
1: Once again, now Zach to goes extra hard to, to the one. head of the class. <laughs> right, <that's>
0: right. <laughs> what kind of react? you talk to a lot of people in putting this book together. Uh, what kind of reactions do you get to the kind of things you talk about?
5: it's funny. So I, we went out and we interviewed about 25 world-class Christians who are masters of their craft. Talked to Tony Dungy, the NFL Hall of coach. Talked to Mr. Rogers' biographer. Talked to Emily Lay, a bunch of others. And, you know, the reaction... Hey, wait.
0: We, hold, hold it just a second, Jordan. We're gonna,
5: <laughs> you just wound him up. You wind wait,
0: him, up. Just, listen, you wind we'll him up and this then... right. Break him. We're going to make that a teaser, and we're going to return. And if you go anywhere, you're crazy. And if anybody asks you what you're doing, you say, Leave I me alone. Know. I'm listening and watching Steve Brown, etc. And then let your peacock feathers fly in the breeze and say, And you're not? I thought everybody did. Guys, like Jesus, we're coming back.
6: Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini-book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini-books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini-book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available... For a suggested donation of four dollars.
0: You're listening to Steve Brown at Zebra, Place of Excellence. <laughs> and we're talking with Jordan Rayner. His book is Master of One. Find and Focus on the work you were created to do.
1: Jordan, I'm afraid to read your book. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was afraid to write it. Okay. Well, I just have to tell you, I'm I'm afraid to read it because it's, you know, the subtitle or whatever, find and focus on the work you were created to do. And at my age, if I discover that the work that I've been doing is not all these years is not what I was created to do, I'm in deep trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You are doing what God created.
1: I'd you. ask Jordan.
0: <laughs> Jordan doesn't know you, but I do.
5: That is the best sign, right? So I talk a lot about this in the book. If work is service, then to find the work that we were "quote unquote" created to do, uh, you know, the best people to ask are those we serve. Right, those we work with, those we work for. Uh, it's giftedness that we're after primarily, uh, not not necessarily short term passions and happiness. The other thing I'll say is, you know, I think one one of the myths I hope to debunk in the book uh, is that there's this magical one thing. There's only one thing on earth that we could possibly do to glorify God and love others through our careers. I just don't think that's true. I think we treat career almost like Hollywood treats the mythical Mr. Right, as if there's one soulmate on the face of the planet that we could spend our lives with. Uh, And the reality is, I think there are lots of things uh, that any of us could do really exceptionally well vocationally in service of God's glory and the good of others. Uh, So there's no Mr. Right, but there is a Mr. Best, right? And so the book outlines a strategy for identifying what the best thing is for you to commit to mastering uh, vocationally within this particular season of your life,
0: huh it 's really hard for somebody that is multi talented and multi gifted to light in one place isn 't it?
5: yeah, I think it is so one one of the things we talk about uh, in the book is the difference between your one thing being super specific and being really broad right so i think c s Lewis is a really good example of this, you know on the surface. Lewis looks like he was a master of many things, right? So he was an exceptional writer of fiction and nonfiction. He was a fantastic teacher at Magdalen College in Oxford. He was a great radio broadcaster, uh, not much unlike Steve Brown, right? So, you know, he was, he was good at a lot of different things. And uh, so I was talking with his stepson in an interview for the book, and I was like, hey, you know, was, was Jack, was Lewis a master of many things? He said, absolutely not. He very much saw all of his vocational pursuits as an expression of one very broad thing, which was teaching. He was a masterful teacher in everything that he did. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that he was pursuing mastery of. He just happened to apply it in a couple of different contexts. And I should think most people's one thing is broad. Yours might be communication. Mine, for example, is entrepreneurship. So whether I am leading a tech software product to market or bringing books or my podcast or something like that to market – it's still, from my perspective, the same – multiple expressions of the same one thing, uh, which for me, again, is entrepreneurship. So that was like very freeing, uh, and if you, if you read some of the reviews from some of the early readers of the book, I think they find that concept of a broad one thing very freeing. But also at the same time, that takes a lot of other things off of the table, right? And it allows you to focus more intensely on the work that you believe God created you to do in this season of your career.
3: Jordan, what, what, can you just, uh, you use a um, outline process of steps. Could you just kind of summarize that and give us an overview?
1: Yeah, so this came from the
5: 25 or so interviews we did uh, throughout the course of the book. And basically, there's what I see as a four-step path to mastery. Step one is explore. Uh, so before you commit to being a master of one, you should be a jack or of all trades. You should try a book. Different things to figure out what you're good at, right? I think if, I, I think we ask young people to choose their one thing way too early in life. So that's step one is explore. Mm-hmm. Step two is choose. Once you've gotten enough data and feel like you know directionally uh, what you can be most exceptional at in your career, commit to it and decide to pursue mastery of it over some significant period of time. Step three is eliminate. Once you know what you're saying, yes, to eliminate everything else that might be distracting you from mastering that one thing. And then step four, it's a little unfair to call it a step uh, because it's really a lifelong process of mastery, of digging into what I outlined in the book as the three keys to mastering anything vocationally and just continuing to raise the bar to get better and better at your craft because you believe your work is eternally significant.
4: Hmm. Jordan, you alluded to some of the bad advice that kind of gets – In in a well-intended way passed around the there's several of them follow your bliss the joseph campbell thing Can you talk about you know deconstruct those a little bit for us and why they're more problematic than we sometimes realize?
5: Yeah. So I I think there's some lies that really kill us from focusing on the work that we were created to do. Uh, Number one, you could be anything you want to be. That's a lie. Number two, you can do everything you want to do. And the third one, which I really attack head on is your happiness is the primary purpose of work. I'm a millennial. I grew up with my parents telling me, Follow your passions, follow your dreams, do whatever makes you happy in your career. Zach is laughing. It sounds like he uh, got some of the same advice. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: right on the cusp of the millennials, so yeah, I
5: get it. I I don't think it's just millennials. This is like garbage advice, and we need to start calling it out (laughs) as such, right? Put put simply, it doesn't work. Uh, Millennials have had more opportunity to, quote, do whatever makes us happy vocationally, and Gallup tells us that we are the least happy generation Mm. at work of all time. Right. Uh, in the book, I, I talk about the, a couple of academic studies that show why. Right. The number one predictor of somebody describing their work as a calling as opposed to a career or a job is not whether or not they were passionate about the work before they started it, it's the number of years they have spent practicing the craft. Mm. Passion is a side effect of mastery. You get to love what you do by getting really good at it, which I don't think should come as a huge surprise to Christians who are called to follow and model our lives after Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve.
2: Hmm. So, I mean, excellence is such an important uh, thing in your book and, 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 and you make, you make a point of why that, why there's some biblical basis for pursuing that. So what do you say to like the church? That's like, but you know, Timmy just loves to sing in front of the church and and we wow, all can't stand when, examples, when Timmy can't say we hate when Timmy sings but he has a passion for it and like so where how, how do you draw the line as far as, uh, as as allowing space for people to explore and find out that they're not really good at something and then perpetuating those those lies.
5: That's a great question. I'll start the answer. We might have to pick it up after the break. But uh, you want the church answer or the real brutal? <laughs> I'll I'll hit it the book. Book. I want
3: the
2: real answer. Yeah. It's gotta be right. Jesus. Well, <laughs> else, yeah,
5: that's, that's exactly right. Well, I, I'll tease. I'll tease the answer with this. I think the church obviously has to make space for us to learn and to grow, and I'll answer the rest of it when we uh, when we come uh, come back from the break, but no, I mean, we, we, we've got to have space to explore and to experiment, and the church can be a great place to do it. But if Timmy is singing, uh, and he's not getting any better, and the church is plugging their ears... Then I would argue Timmy isn't serving others through his work. Timmy may be passionate Amen. about fing, but he's serving himself, and his passion. that Timmy probably needs to sit down.
0: You're—I'm not even sure you're saved. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> the book is a great book. Master of One: Find and focus on the work you were created to do we were created to take a break, have some milk and cookies, rest up, and then, like Jesus, we'll return.
6: From Key Life comes two mini-books, What Do You Do for a Living?, and Life After Retirement. What Do You Do for a Living by Justin Holcomb addresses the problem of defining ourselves by what we do and how we perform in our work instead of by who we know, a gracious, loving God who defines who we are. Life After Retirement by Steve Brown examines how those transitioning from work to retirement often experience a loss of purpose in life and how the quest for personal significance can best be answered by God's radical grace, love, and purpose for our lives sufficient to carry us through this transition. What Do You Do for a Living and Life After Retirement can help guide people struggling with either work or retirement. These two Key Life mini-books are available through keylife.org for a donation of six dollars.
0: So glad you're with us. You're listening to Steve Brown, etc. And we're talking to Jordan Raynor, and his book is called Master of One Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. And by the way, if you don't have his other book, Called to Create, you ought to get that too. Both books are companion pieces that reach out to a place where people of faith ought to be. Excellence. And, uh, Um, and entrepreneurship and shining for Jesus and things like that. All right, Timmy can't sing. (laughs) but you know he's got a he's got a passion for it and you were commenting on that and
2: and his parents you know are tithers timmy time yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. let me get
2: more
1: context to this hypothetical (laughs) story
0: (laughs) and it's even worse worse if jack can't preach
1: (laughs) Timmy's father's an elder
5: (laughs) (laughs) i'll land i'll land the timmy plane quickly just to wrap up what i was saying yo listen We've seen this a lot in the church, right? Where somebody's really passionate about something, and we think that that means that, well, that's what they were created to do. Well, you know, God, all throughout scripture, shows us his character of excellence. We're called to imitate that. So, yeah, we should have people exploring their vocational interests. But again, I mentioned this a few minutes ago our happiness is not the purpose of work. (laughs) The primary purpose of work is the glory of God and service of others. That's why we should demand excellence. So if Timmy wants to sing, great. He should sing. He should try it out. But if Timmy is making zero progress in his career as a vocalist uh, over time and deliberate practice, Timmy's got to do something else. If he cares about excellence and if he cares about serving others well, the problem is so few people in the church care because we we, we there's some disconnect between excellence and in, in our work serving the world. That's the connection that we got to make for people. And once you make that connection and help them understand that their work is eternally significant, of course we will care about excellence. Yeah. Well, and I think another
2: thing as Christians too sometimes we also have a culture where if it's if it's if it's a good thing or or you know it could be a good idea Saying no like we just have a hard time saying no to good things, right? And you kinda have to do have, that if you're gonna we
5: have, we have a really hard time saying no to good things in order to focus on the best things. Mm-hmm. And in the book I talk about I actually think Jesus is a really good example.
0: Do it yeah. But maybe that's all he needs well, to Well that's say. not a bad way to, to we'll get him back. Uh Jesus is okay. a good example. Do you want to discuss that? theologically and Today, he drove out
5: uh, demons from the man at the synagogue then he went over to Peter's mother-in-law's house healed her not sure if Peter was okay with that nice. but healed Peter's mother-in-law <laughs> uh, and then all the people from the town came to Peter's mother-in-law's house and Jesus healed a lot of them right so everyone goes to bed and the next day everybody wakes up Jesus like he always is is by himself and the disciples come up to him like, Jesus, where are you? Everybody's looking for you. They want an encore of healing uh, on day two. And Jesus says in Mark one thirty-eight, uh, let us go somewhere else so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So Jesus is saying, no to healing people, we would all agree a good thing, right. because he didn't yeah. come just to heal and reveal his identity. His essential mission was to preach the gospel in word and deed ultimately on the cross. So that was his quote-unquote you know, one thing, if you will. And because he was clear on his purpose, because he was clear on what he was saying yes to, the work the Father gave him to do, that forced him into a habit of saying no to good but non-essential things that were competing for his time and attention. And man, if if Jesus can't say yes to everything, uh, neither can we. We've got to get in the habit of saying no to good things in order to focus on the work that God created us to do
4: of uh, in, in Matthew 12, where, uh, you know, somebody asked Jesus to go somewhere and he, his mother's looking for him, his brothers, and he says, who is my mother? Just kind of a shocking kind of thing. But, you know, if you have a very clear sense of what your purpose is, it certainly does uh, create the clarity to say no to this or yes to that. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, excellence. It's interesting. The world sees excellence in the in striving for excellence, I think, as far as— um, you know, financial success and, and 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 notoriety and everything. I think believers sometimes feel a different kind of pressure for uh, success and excellence. You know, Jordan's written about it. This need to to give back, and it can kind of sometimes become this onerous thing of like I feel like I have a destiny. I've not accomplished this yet. Yeah. I'm failing because I know like per- the kingdom of
2: God is resting on my I feel shoulders. Like, like, like getting this, right. I have
4: been given like everything. I should be. Dadgum Jonas Salk out here, and I'm not. <laughs> right, right. And you're like, well, <laughs> uh. so it's like this different kind of defeating mentality of, of feeling we're striving for excellence,
0: you know? You know, their preachers take advantage of that feeling. Mm. That feeling's a lot more general than you think in yeah. the church. And preachers who want to build empires, to have power, uh, to take up an offering. You know they play on that kind of find thing. a couple of those folks. Oh, they you really do? And you you lean on it and you lean on it hard, and then you have the ushers take up an offering. Man, you can double it if you play it right, and <laughs> not that I've ever done that. They're, I haven't. Not I, speaking from you, experience. You know, that's the one <laughs> sin I haven't done, <laughs> but I can. But I can get that. I, I think. I think I feel that. So my solution
4: is to find some of these schmoes and lean on them, and then <laughs> <or> I'll <laughs> achieve excellence.
0: You're, I hear you, Steve. You're really bad. <laughs> I'm magic. taking notes I over here. To know. Hey, guys, we're gonna we're gonna back we're gonna come back and uh, talk to Jordan. We got some really good stuff coming up, and you don't want to miss a bit of it. By the way, this would be a great study for your Bible study or small group. The book is Master of One. Find and focus on the work you were created to do. Um, You can get a copy of this by going to our website, keylife.org. Hey, guys, don't go away. We really are coming back. You hear about the little boy with the new slingshot? On his first day out, he killed his grandmother's pet duck hit it in the woodpile, and his sister saw it. When she was asked to wash dishes or take out the trash, she'd say, oh, Billy, we'll do it. And then she would whisper to him, remember the duck. Finally, Billy just couldn't take it anymore, and he told his grandmother. She said, I know. I was standing by the window. I saw the whole thing. I forgave you then, because I love you. I just wondered how long you were going to let your sister make a slave of you. So if somebody keeps whispering to you, remember the duck. Run to Jesus. You're already forgiven. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. Jordan Rayner is our guest, and his book is Master of One, Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. I'd like to kind of put you uh, into this conversation about grace. You know, there are people in the church who aren't good at anything and who've tried and failed and been marginalized and put down and intimidated, and uh, your message to them is not one of joy, and an invitation to excellence, but a scary place. Talk about Jesus' love and grace and how that works in this.
5: Man, that's a great question, Steve. I'll say two things about this. So number one, uh, I think we as Christians are called to the pursuit of excellence, I don't think we are called to necessarily attaining it and certainly never <laughs> attaining perfection, right? Uh, you know, we, we, I see no biblical evidence for uh, Jesus commanding any sort of results from our lives, right? We, the, the results that we need in this lifetime uh, were secured by Jesus Christ on the cross. And ultimately that's all that matters and gives us great grace uh, in everything that we do. Here's the second thing I'll say. I, I do think there are a lot of people out there uh, who have yet to find, and I'll stress the word yet, to find work that they can do with excellence. But that doesn't mean that we keep trying. You know, we got to remember, uh, sin made work difficult and arduous. It is not easy. What what I'm outlining in this book is not easy. That's not a great thing to say if you want to sell books, right? But it's Mm -hmm. not. Finding work that you can be masterful at in service of others takes work, takes grit, takes discipline. Uh, And not everybody's going to find it, right? I'm hoping, I'm praying that the book makes it as easy as possible for you, Uh, but there will be failure along the way. There's been failure in my story, and all along the way um, there is grace, but all all along the way, I kept trying by the grace of God, right? I, I think my sin nature a lot of times would want me to uh, cave in and just give up and accept mediocrity. But I think we Christians are called to more. I think we're called to experiment and try and try and try again uh, until we find work that starts to produce fruit uh, that is clearly being you know, brought about by the Holy Spirit of God.
0: His love kind of makes it possible to risk that way, doesn't it?
5: That's exactly right. I mean, my my last book called The Create, the subtitle is uh, A Biblical Invitation to Create, Innovate, and Risk. And one of the core messages of that book is it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that should make Christians the boldest people on the planet, whether you're entrepreneurs or radio broadcasters. We we can risk a lot professionally because at the end of the day, uh, we recognize that our status is secure. As children of God, no matter what we do, no matter what we produce vocationally, uh, even if we never make a dent in our careers, uh, we are equally valuable uh, in the eyes of God through uh, Jesus Christ.
2: I've got a question about... Um with this pursuit of excellence and you know if you, if you get to a place where you do you feel pretty good like i'm i'm in the right lane this is i'm feeling confident and how god's created me and i'm seeing how it's serving others how, how how do you live in the tension of getting really good at something and also being humble and and yeah. and, the, and the character trait of humility being so core to who jesus is and who he's called us to be as believers
5: yeah, so you know what's funny about that, Zach? And, you know, in out of all the interviews that we conducted for the book on like what it looks like for somebody to be world class and what they do, humility was the defining trait of all of these masters. I don't I actually don't think you can get world class without a healthy dose of Humility. There are certainly exceptions to that rule, right? But in the book, I outline three keys to mastering anything vocationally. Uh, Number one is purposeful practice, right? Number two is discipline over time. And number three, is apprenticeships. And not just a one-time apprenticeship, but this lifelong discipline of humbly recognizing that you don't know everything, and there are always, always, always going to be people smarter than you and better than you in your field, and submitting to their authority so that you can get better at your craft. So I I think humility is an essential component to this. I mentioned purposeful practice. One of the components of purposeful practice is this idea of frequent discomfort. So masters never settle, right? Masters are always putting more weight on the bar. They're never satisfied with where they're at because they recognize there's more to go and and, and further to grow in their careers. So I think humility is the defining characteristic of the world's most masterful people.
0: And and God kind of builds that into the system, doesn't he? mm.
5: Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Right. I I think I think humility is rewarded uh, in in, in our vocational systems. And I do think that's part of God's design. Obviously, that's broken and imperfect because of sin. But I I, I think that's I absolutely think that's imprinted by God.
3: That that ends up kind of answering something I was thinking of, because often, you know, it seems like it's easy to get so focused on what you're trying to do. You forget the thing you're trying to do, like watching your feet when you're trying to dance and uh, at some point you just need to stop thinking about that or stop focusing on yourself or and that's good and humility ends up being you know I've heard the definition it's not thinking less of yourself it's like not thinking of yourself at all.
5: That's what Paul talks about, right? It's the freedom of self-forgetfulness. It's not We don't have self-esteem problems as, as secular media would lead us to believe. It's not an issue of low self-esteem or too high self-esteem. We just need to think about ourselves less. I think that's the essence of humility. Tim Keller's written a fantastic little mini book on this called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness that I reread probably every six months because I have to remind myself of this, because I think it's, you know, in our, in our culture where everything is about me and my happiness and uh, my fame and my fortune, I think we've got to remember, be intentional about forgetting ourselves in service of others.
0: Of all the masters you interviewed, tell us a couple of them. And We don't have a lot of time, but tell us a couple of your favorites.
5: Yeah, I'll leave you with one since we don't have that much time. Uh, you know, I did not grow up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I don't know why. I was born in 1986. I feel like everybody my age uh, watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on a daily basis. But a couple of years ago, I saw the documentary that was released on him in 2018. I then read the first full-length biography on Rogers. We actually just had his biographer on my podcast. And Mr. Rogers just instantly became one of my great heroes of all time. I mean, this is, talk about humility. This is a guy – who was world class at what he did, but never felt fully confident that he was equipped to do the work that he was doing, even at the the late, late years of that show. And his story is just a great example of the path to mastery. He started out with tons of different interests. There were tons of things he wanted to do with his career, but it's a story of uh, placing a bunch of little bets, experimenting your career, submitting yourself humbly to uh, mentors as an apprenticeship. It's just a beautiful story, and it's all driven by Fred's deep sense of service that was driven by his faith. That's one thing the biography makes clear. He was driven by a desire to serve others through his work. And that's really the theme of Master of
0: One. Mm. Again, guys, the title of the and and by the way, Jordan, it's been fun having you on.
1: Oh, it's been a blast.
0: Uh, a lot of our guests stand like deer in the headlights, and <laughs> you jumped right in. <laughs> The name of the book is Master of One, Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. And incidentally, this is a life-changing book. It could really make a major difference in the places you go and what you do and who you do it for. Again, Jordan Rayner, Master of One, Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. Jordan, thanks for spending some time with us.
5: Uh, It's been my pleasure. Thank you for
0: having me, Guys, we're going to come back and tell you who we're going to do it unto next week. So don't go anyplace.
6: Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini-books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini-book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini-books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini-book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4.
0: That was a great hour and I really enjoyed, you know, when I looked at the book and I spent some time with it this morning, I kind of winced. It sounded kind of like, you know, a motivational speech and, you know, change the world, make a difference, make your life count, don't waste your life, you know, the world's going to hell and you don't care, so do something and do it yesterday (laughs) kind of thing. And I'm frankly, I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of that kind of thing. And I thought, I don't know if I can go through an hour, but that's not where Jordan's coming from. I mean, he's the guy gets it. And, you know, one of the dangers of teaching grace is that people will take advantage of it. But not in the way you think, not by sinning. That's okay. No, it's not okay. But (laughs) I'm not talking about that kind of take advantage. What they'll do is just lay back and say it doesn't matter. I'm loved and accepted. I don't have to work hard. I don't have to be kind. I don't have to reach out to others. I don't have to show excellence. And that's not what grace does. Grace presupposes that you're going to screw it up and then provides a safety net so you can get on the trapeze and do flips. Mm. Otherwise, you would sit on the floor and say, I'm not doing that. And I just love the way Jordan brought those things together and pointed to excellence as an important place for Christians to be. All right. Who's going to be with us next week?
1: Next week, uh, we're going to talk with Rusty Wright, and Rusty's spent most of his life in the field of um, uh, evangelism, and he's got some really interesting, uh, you know, ways that he approaches, you know, spending time with people and, and sharing faith with them and very sensitive to where people are and, and um, you know, not beating them over the head and that and kind of stuff. And, you know, we're going
0: to talk to him some, you know, Rusty's been my friend for a hundred years. Um, he's really an apologist for the Christian faith, mm-hmm. but he's been through some hard stuff. Right. Yep. And so we're going to talk to him some about the hard stuff he's been through, and how do you survive it when your marriage goes down the tube, when the people you trusted turn their backs on you, when it's when it's just not working for excellence the way you wanted it to work. So that'll be a that'll be a good program for next week mm-hmm. alright guys <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm just you said it all. Right, man? <laughs> 10 programs that's what it is yeah it's
1: hard being excellent uh, <laughs> I know
0: it's hard work hey guys we're out of here we're right. out of here <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back next week same time same place and between now and then don't do anything we wouldn't and that gives you a wide berth.